As you can tell from the, uh, from the memory verse this morning, we're going to talk about fear and about discouragement. Because I think if anything describes what we have right now, it's discouragement. You know, we have, we have all of this COVID-19 stuff and all of this stuff happening, closures and, and people losing their jobs and, and, and businesses that will never reopen. And we have all of this. And then to top it off, we have looting and rioting and, and protesting and, and, and more destruction. It just seems, uh, and, and now city council's talking about, about disbanding police departments. And, and just, if there's any word that describes right now to me, it's discouraging. It's discouragement. And so we're going to talk about that today. Now, I've said before that God knows we're going to have these these times. We're going we're gonna to have worry. We're going to be anxious. We're going to have fear. We're going to feel troubled. We're going to have discouragement. And so he's given us over 365 verses of scripture to tell us what to do with that. Now, I think, I think uh, we need to stop and realize how much God loves us when we think about the fact he gives us more than a verse a day for a year to give us encouragement and, and, and to help our fear and anxiety and worry. And, and, and so it, it really shows the care of God for us when we think about how many verses God has given us in Scripture to deal with our anxiety and worry. He wants us to feel better. He wants us, he knows we're going to feel this, and he wants us to get better. He wants us to, to know what to do with it when we have it. So this morning we're going to be in Deuteronomy, as you saw earlier in the service. Deuteronomy chapter 31 is where we're going to be. Deuteronomy, by the way, means literally second law. Uh, Deutero is, the, is number two and namas is law. And so Deuteronomy is literally second law. Now, the reason for that is the Ten Commandments are found in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. So there, the, it's the second time the law is given. So that's why we have Deuteronomy. And, and yes, we're going to be talking about Moses and Joshua and the Exodus. Yes. Believe it or not, I'm going to touch on the Exodus today. So let's read Deuteronomy chapter 31. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. It is up here behind me. Then Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel, saying, I am now 120 years old. I can no longer act as your leader. The Lord has told me you will not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God is the one who will cross ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will drive them out. Joshua is the one who will cross ahead of you, as the Lord has said. The Lord will deal with them as he did with Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites in their land, when he destroyed them. The Lord will deliver them over to you, and you must do it to them exactly as I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or afraid of them, for the Lord your God is the one who will give, go with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. Moses then summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all of Israel, be strong and courageous, for you will go with this people into the land the Lord swore to give their fathers. You will enable them to take possession of it. The Lord is the one who will go before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. 
So the context here is, <coughs> excuse me, context here is critical as it always is. I, you remember, we always want to look at context because text without context is pretext. So we always want to look at the context. And the context here, you have to realize, Moses is about to die. Moses, uh, now, it's interesting because in, in, uh, we're in Deuteronomy 31. You go over a few chapters, Deuteronomy 34, and it says that Moses still had a gleam in his eye and his vitality. So it's not a matter of Moses being sick. It's not a matter of, of Moses uh, uh, being too old. It's just time. It's just time. And so think about this in, from the aspect of the people of Israel. Because for more than 40 years, Moses had led them, has led them. For more than 40 years, he has been the voice of God to them. There's an entire generation that died in the wilderness that, that only knows the voice of Moses as the voice of God. Because remember, uh, from, in the exodus from Egypt, they went from Egypt, they got to Mount Sinai, and then the people said, God, your, your voice is too scary, so you tell Moses, and Moses will tell us. You just talk to him, because you scare us. And so that's what was going on. So, so for more than 40 years, Moses has been the voice of God to them. And now God is saying, Moses is done, and first, I'm going to lead you there, and then Joshua is going to be my next leader. Now, if you, go, if you read on here in Deuteronomy, what Moses does is he breaks up the leadership thing. He's been the voice of God and their military leader and their leader that, that does everything else. And, and now he's going to have Joshua lead the people. He's going to have the priests be the voice of God to them. He's going to start, start separating out the, the leadership roles. But, but again, think of it in terms of the, the people of Israel. They have only known the voice of Moses as the voice of God. There's an entire generation that has never heard the voice of God except through Moses. So what do you think they're feeling right now when they're hearing that Moses is done? They're almost at the promised land. They're just about to the finish line. They've been doing this for more than 40 years, they've been wandering the desert. They've, they've gone to, from Egypt to Sinai to wandering the desert. <coughs> They're almost at the, the finish line. And God says, Moses is done. So follow me and Joshua. So they would, they, they would have had incredible anxiety and worry and fear. They would have, uh, they would have been thinking, you, you know, it seems, it seems easy to read Okay, the new leader's Joshua, so follow him. But how would that feel if you've only known the voice of God through Moses? Then who's this Joshua guy, right? So we have all of, they would have all of the anxiety, all of the worry, all of the fear, all of the discouragement because they're almost at the finish line. They're, all they got to do is cross the Jordan. They're there, and God's, God says, no, Moses isn't going. I'm going to lead you, and Joshua is going to lead you. So they're probably feeling very similar to the way we feel today because they had fear. They, had a, they would have had fear and anxiety and worry. They would have had been discouraged. They would have been thinking, why God? Just like we are today. So this is what God has to say to them. He says, 
He says in, in clear words, the Lord is the one who will go before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. So what does this tell us about God? Well, it says that God goes before us. Now, this is kind of a critical point. Um, we, have to, we don't often think this all the way through, but if God is present in all time, then all time is present to God. Now, that's, that, you've got to think that statement through because we are so linear. We think of time as, as having a beginning and having an end, and, and we understand steps along the way. God is above time. He's outside of time. All time is present to God. So God is in tomorrow waiting for you, inviting you to come join him there. And he's with you today. He, he goes before you and he's with you at the same time. God knows exactly what you are going to need to make it through tomorrow. Exactly what you're going to need because he's already there. And so whatever you need for tomorrow, he is ready to give. Kind of incredible. Kind of an incredible thought process. God goes before us. And it says that God is with us. He's not only with you right now. I mean, literally right now. But he is with you when you go home today. He's with you at lunch today. He's with you tonight and tomorrow and the next day. He's already been to tomorrow and tomorrow night, and he's waiting for you to get there with him. He is always with us. Always with us. We are always available to the presence of God. The presence of God is always available to us. And it says that God will never leave us or abandon us. Never. Now, I have to say that this is, this is probably um, the hardest thing for us to grasp. And, and here's why. Because this is absolutely foreign to our human experience. Everyone in our lives, every, every relationship we've ever had, we've, we have felt like, like we've been left behind or abandoned. Every relationship we've ever had. And here God is saying, I never will. Never. Not ever. I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. Now sometimes it feels like God has, right? Sometimes you feel like you're in the desert all alone. My experience, there's, there's one of two things going on. First one would be possibly that you have sin in your life that you have not repented because sin separates us from God. And so you may have sin in your life that you need to deal with, you need to repent from and turn back to God. That may be one reason. The second reason I want you to consider is, you know, there's an old statement, that the teacher is always quiet during the test. The teacher has always a teacher has given you everything you need to pass this test, but is completely quiet during the test, right? We've all been in school. We know how that works. Sometimes God has already given us what we need to get through what we're going through. He's just waiting for us to use it. He's waiting to empower it. So some, sometimes when it feels like God's far away, he is he is he is urging you to use what he has given you already to get, to get through this time. 
So what does this say about us? Well, it says we don't need to be afraid of what is to come. Again, put it in its context. These folks have wandered for 40 years. They're at the finish line. They're at the Jordan, ready to cross, ready to take the land. They know there's, there's armies in that land that they're going to have to defeat. They, they have all this fear, anxiety, worry, dis, discouragement. And we, we don't, he tells them they don't need to be afraid of what's to come because he's already there. He's already in tomorrow. He's already in the day after tomorrow. He's already, he's with you today and he's already in tomorrow waiting for you to get there. Waiting to empower you with what you need for tomorrow. God is always with us. And so we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be discouraged either. And, and again, I think this is probably the prevalent feeling right now in our society is discouragement. We are discouraged at how things are going in our country right now. We don't need to be discouraged because there's somebody in charge and it's God. We don't need to try and do it. We don't need to try and fix everything. We need to trust God because God is with us and he has gone before us. He is ready to do to do what needs done in his will for tomorrow. So we don't need to be discouraged. God goes with us and God goes before us. So what do we need to do? We need to trust God. Easily said, sometimes much harder to do. We need to trust God. He is actually in charge. We have this idea of how things ought to happen. We have this idea of how we want things to turn out. And, then, and sometimes it doesn't happen our way. And sometimes it doesn't turn out the way we expect. But God's in charge of that, and it happens exactly the way God intends it to, and it comes out exactly the way God intends it to come out. We just need to trust God. We need to trust that he knows better than we do that he actually is in charge. You know, God, here's what we know about God from all of Scripture. If I could sum it up, all of Scripture, this is what it tells me about God. God is about redemption. Our God, the God that is, is a redeemer. The God that is, our God, the God that is, is a, is a reconciler. He, he restores. That's the God that we know. That's the God that we have. And that's the God that's described over and over again in Scripture. The God that is. You know, even his name tells us that he is. You know, uh, the, in, in this, it says, the Lord will go with you. Lord is in all caps in your Bible, probably. The, the way that, uh, that's a, the way translators try and tell you that that's the name Yahweh there. That's the name of God there. Yahweh or Yehovah. And so what is that name? The name he gave Moses is I am. I am the I am. Not I was, not I will be, I am. Even his name tells us he's always with us. Even his name tells us that he will always be with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never abandon us. So let's look at this phrase by phrase. 
The Lord is the one who will go before you. Again, I want you to think of this in terms of the original uh, audience to this. Because Moses has been the one that's led. And now God is saying, it's not going to be Moses anymore. It's going to be me. I'm going to lead you. God is going to lead us. Now, what do we know as Christians? As Christians, as believers in Christ, we know that we have Christ in us by the Spirit of Christ. We have Christ with us. We have Christ before us. We know we are led by Christ. We know that we are completely surrounded by Christ. He has, he goes before us. He has our back. He is walking alongside. He's within us. We have Christ to lead us. It is the Lord that goes before us. Christ. You know, we, uh, we have advantages that the original people of God, the people that heard this first, don't have. We have the Holy Spirit. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. So when they heard from Moses that God was going to go with them, they, they had to be thinking, well, what's that look like? I mean, you've been the voice of God, so how, how is God going to go before us, and, and how are we going to hear him, or, or know where he's at, or be able to follow? We have Christ, and we have the Holy Spirit. We can be, literally be led every day by Christ. It's a matter of choice. It's a matter of us saying yes to being led by Christ. Next section, he will be with you. This is, as all of these, all 365 plus verses have a direct invitation to the presence of God. We are invited into the presence of God in every one of these. When we have fear, anxiety, worry, when we're troubled, when we have discouragement, we are invited into the very presence of God. We we are invited to not just be led by God, but to be with God in his presence. He will not leave you or abandon you, never leaving you or abandoning you. Never, not ever. And I'll say again, this is outside our normal human experience because that's not how relationships work here. But this is God. And God will never leave you and never abandon you. Not ever. Do not be afraid or discouraged. The word afraid has the meaning of being terrified and a fear that, that literally freezes you. And the word discouraged has, the, has a, a base meaning of, of breaking apart. Is that not exactly how it feels right now? We are terrified because it seems like the world is falling apart, is breaking apart. We don't need to feel this because we know the God who is in charge. We don't know the future. We want to. We want to know what's going to happen. We want to know what's next. But we don't get that. What we do know is the God that does that. We know the God that is in charge of what's next. We know the God that is in charge of what will happen, what will occur. God, that God, the God that is, the I am, 
He is with us. He goes before us. He is always waiting for, uh, for us to enter his presence, always inviting us into his presence. So we don't need to feel terrified and, and, and breaking apart because we know the God who is in charge of the future. So what's this? so the comfort and challenge of this verse or, the, or this passage? God's always with us, always. He goes before us. He goes with us. He will never, not ever leave you or abandon you. Not ever. We always have an invitation to the presence of God. Always. We can always follow Christ because Christ is always leading us. Always. But that actually is the challenge, isn't it? To let God lead. (laughs) Because sometimes we want to lead. Sometimes we want to go our own way. If, if God goes before us, then that means we follow. We don't lead, and we don't go someplace God's not going. We follow, and that's the challenge for us. Will you follow Christ? Will you follow where God leads? Because that's, that's the challenge of this verse. When God makes this promise that he goes before us and that he's with us, and that he will never leave us and never abandon us, we have to follow. Will you follow? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and consider the question. Will you follow Christ? Maybe you need to come to know Christ this morning. Maybe maybe you need to take a step of faith toward Christ because the presence of God is for those who know Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we must know Christ to know God. Do you know Christ? Because you can this morning. It's a, it, it, it begins with a simple prayer. A prayer that says, God, I know that I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus came to save me. He came to rescue me. And so I'm, I'm asking you to forgive me for my sin because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And I'm asking you to come into my life and, and empower me and show me your presence. Lead me that I might follow. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Elbow your or let them know. Let somebody know that you took that step of faith toward Christ today. Maybe you know Christ this morning, but as you look back at the last week or two, or that you've been all tied up in knots because you haven't figured out what must happen, what, what you think really needs to happen, and you're not letting God lead. Will you take a moment right now and just just give that to God and ask him to lead? Father, we thank you for this reminder 
that you're in charge, that you are always with us, that you go before us, that you're with us, and that you will never leave us and never abandon us. We thank you for this reminder. And Father, we pray that you help us follow where you lead us. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen.